Episode six. Yeah. Dude. I know. That's awesome. Isn't it crazy? It's like from an idea sitting in the office to bam, now we're at six episodes. I know. That wasn't the intro. This is the intro. Oh, but it sounded good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Easy Podcast. This is episode six, and I'm Zach Abbott. With me, as always, is... Eric Thurston. Yeah. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the Halloween franchise, sort of. Yes. Really, only the two that matter. Right. So, uh, first off, though, uh, what have you been up to, man? I bought Call of Duty. Okay. Call of Duty came right. out Friday. I, <laughs> yeah. I bought that. Yeah. I, I did buy a gold... Uh, um, controller, you know, kind of like Usain Bolt's gold shoes. I'm thinking it's going to make me a better uh, game. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Is your is your PS4 gold too? No. Oh, then that's, no. that's where they get you, man. No. All right. And my daughter's still better than me, and she's 11. So what have you been watching? Um, what have I been watching? Man, uh, I've been watching... The Haunting of Hill House on oh, Netflix. Okay. So it's based off of a book of the same name from like 1956 or something like that is when it originally came out. Mm-hmm. And then they made a movie uh, a few years later in the 60s that from what I hear stayed pretty true to the books. But then they made a movie in like 1999 with um, Liam Neeson, Owen Wilson, and um, some other people. Oh, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones is in it too called The Haunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing I remember about it is that uh, spoilers for the haunting from 1999. Owen Wilson gets his head knocked off by a lion sculpture from a fireplace or something like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not great. It's not a good movie. But of course, Liam Neeson doesn't die, right? Uh, I think Liam Neeson ends up being the bad guy. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. I honestly can't remember. Yeah. But anyways, from what I heard, what I've what I've read, uh, the '99 movie doesn't sound like it sticks too close to the actual story from the book. But anyways, uh, the Netflix series uh, Haunting on Hill House it's it's pretty great. Um, my wife and I are I think five episodes in, and the like the, the atmosphere and the vibe of the first couple episodes, I was like, they, they kept me in, but it was like, I think episode four, maybe episode five where I was like, actually kind of creeped out about some stuff. So that's awesome to me because I've grown up watching horror movies, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit when we get into Halloween, but, Mm -hmm. um, it takes quite a bit to creep me out. Gore stuff doesn't bother me. Like I'm so, so desensitized to it now, Mm -hmm. but I like, I like the weird creepy stuff like that's what really kind of speaks to me is like the super creepy visuals and uh this the show yeah this show has some of that it's pretty awesome so i recommend checking it out um you know i think there's 10 episodes there might there might be a little bit more but oh this is mike flanagan yeah so mike flanagan did um gerald's game on mm-hmm. Netflix, which is a Stephen King adaptation, uh, which I haven't I haven't seen yet, but I hear it's it's proper creepy too. So, um, anyways, that's that's what I've been watching. Um, what have you been watching, Eric? Mm, this week this week's been really more of a busy week. I haven't spent a lot of time watching stuff. Now, I did watch a lot of the entries on YouTube for the Halloween film festival. Yeah. Thing. Casey Neistat and, in and moments. moments. Yeah. yeah. Right. The three, six, eight X moment Halloween festival. And, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Cause <laughs> last week we talked about it and you were, you were going to put I an was, entry in and I was juiced up. I had it. Yep. Matt, I did all of the pre-production. Like I literally went through and I, I, I made shot lists I'm like, okay, this is going to, it's three minutes. I'm shooting it on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have zero budget. Right. And like, how can I do this in a way that, and so I kind of planned it all out and we were going to do kind of this ghost. Like we, my wife and I leave to go out to dinner. We leave the 11 year old at home. She's playing Fortnite. And then one of the things in Fortnite in, in season six right now is, is that when you respawn. for season six. Uh, yeah, season six spoiler for <laughs> Fortnite. If you haven't already been playing it, it's been out for a few weeks. Um, there's this kind of ghost effect before you respawn. Okay, and so it was cool. I'm like, oh, that would be a cool shot of over your shoulder shooting this kind of ghost effect on Fortnite or whatever. 
Okay. Because the movie was going to be titled Ghost. And so some things, like she would hear some bumps, you know, in the typical, she starts looking around and she goes down the hallway and the hallway totally stretches out, you know, the whole, you know, and I... You were going to do a push-pull with your son? I was going to do, well, in post, I was was going to, you know, because you had to shoot it on the phone. That was one of the requirements. And then so, so I start filming some B-roll. Actually, I think it was that night after we recorded the podcast, and I started I'm like, okay, cool, and I got everything's all mm. it's all coming together. Yeah, and then we had some I had some creative differences with my <laughs> with my actress, which is my 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 eleven year old daughter. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then she got a little overzealous, and she decided that she wanted to direct. So we had your your eleven year old daughter and you. Had directive, director, creative differences. We did because she started arguing. She goes, "Dad, that's not that doesn't no no that doesn't that doesn't work. People aren't going to like that." That's I'm like, wait, who's directing this film anyway? And she goes, "You are you are putting my iPhone at risk right now." Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, it was awesome. And so we're we're filming some beer, and then I get we're getting some in the scene, and like I've got this scene where she walks down the hall. And I've got my wife involved too, and we make kind of this shadow that goes okay across. Yeah. Like it's subtle, it's in the foreground, but it's subtle, and so you're following her down the hall, and then there's this shadow thing that happens. Um, she gets to the front door and looks out the side window of the front door, and there's this really cool the way the light hits. It you know there's a reflection of her in the glass. I'm like it was a cool shot, and and I and I zoom in on her face looking out the window and she's giggling i'm like dude (laughs) and she's laugh, and she's like i i can't i just can't i'm like you have to be scared she was a poor actress she couldn't she couldn't get into character you're coming in hot on yeah i'm coming in and i'm like all right you know what this is this is not working we're headbutting we're we're gonna kill this project you had right to let now. Her go. I had to cut. I had to fire my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably the worst moment of my life. Well, that, I mean, that's a pretty common thing, though, that I think a lot of people probably struggle with, and that's killing your killing your babies. And mm-hmm. and I don't mean your daughter in this situation. Right? No, she's still very much alive. Yes, she's very much alive. <laughs> but uh, killing your projects and just being okay with that. Yeah. Um. We yeah. we work in a pretty collaborative environment. What we do on a weekly basis and. Something that um, I just got used to years ago was just anytime somebody has, you know, critiques or feedback or anything, it's about the project. It's not about you. Right. Um, and wh- I mean, what do you feel whenever you, you were like, you finally were like, oh, I got to kill this. Like what went through your head on that? Yeah, I think I, I had to get to a point where I'm like, th- there's a point at which when you when you're in a project or when you take something on that. It's either you're working through challenges and it's working, right? You're making progress and, mm-hmm. and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And there's sometimes when you're in a project where it feels like you're just grinding it out, you're, he- you're butting your head against the wall or your 11-year-old daughter, <laughs> and, um, and it just... And, and it just isn't working, right? Like yeah. chemistry isn't there or, you know, the vision that you had is really, it's not, there's like these unseen forces that are working against it that it just, it's not, it's not coming together. Right. And I mean, an example of this would be um, Chinese democracy. If you're in the music space. I was say, are you talking about the album? Yes, I'm talking <laughs> about the album. And this is a great example of a project that, just never really came together. Now it was released and it did terrible. And it was, and here's, and, and, and I got a little bit of an insight into this project because um, I was with a friend in New York. We were in Greenwich Village. We went and we're like, we're big Hendrix fans. Like, dude, we want to see Electric Ladyland, which oh, wow. is the yeah. studio. And so Eddie Kramer, who is a mutual friend who was Jimi Hendrix's. Um, producer, producer, sound guy, sound, yeah, sound engineer, and he he hooked us up with this kind of private tour. So we're in there and we're talking with the manager, and he's kind of walking us through the different studios, and and so two people were in there during that were recording, 
Beyonce, <laughs> and then they would turn the room over, and it was Axl Rose, and wow. Axl Rose was working on Chinese democracy. Now, Geffen Records had given him like $4 million to produce this album. This is back in 2000. I don't even remember when this album came out. Gosh, it was 2007, 2008. Yeah. It started in 2004 when they initiated it. Right. Um, so he's four years in, and they pulled the plug. They're like, "This is taking too long." Yeah. You're at, you know, and you're out of budget, and it was, and he just kept tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. It just wasn't good. Like he, he was striving for this level of perfection that he would just keep running up against the wall. Yeah, right. And this is an example of that. And so he ended up spending another, I want to say, six or seven million dollars of his own money to get this project done. That's, that's insane to me. That, that <laughs> those are such ridiculous numbers for an album recording. It is. And then and then once they get the album done, um, once he gets it done, it totally fell flat. Like it did not produce. Yeah, because you you said Chinese democracy, and I immediately thought. The actual government? Wait, that's not that's not a <laughs> wait, democracy. Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, there was an album that yeah. came out. Yeah, and it was just, and, and I think it, it it's an illustration, and there was many write ups about it, and, and 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 Axel was open, you know, in some interviews about it after the fact, but um, you know, it's one of those projects where it probably would have been better off just let's scrap it. Yes, yeah, start over. Let's scrap it. Let's let's reboot. And maybe we've learned some things in that process and maybe a, a different, we need to go a different direction. So I got to, so circling all the way back around and out of that um, is that, you know, this project was, it was super tight time-wise. I yeah. would have had to spend two nights up all night in the edit mode and to make, because I was planning on doing some cool shadow effects on the wall and that type of thing so it would have been some after effects work and i wouldn't have got a lot of sleep and i'm like you know maybe it's probably better that i just let this one go yeah right you can't you can't win them all you can't submit to them all you and then so, sometimes if it now if it flowed and she got right into character and there was no pushback i might have gotten one submitted in and and, uh, you know, it would have been, we would have been having a different discussion right now. But, and then I realized, well, maybe the time that I'm spending with my daughter filming this thing is not the kind of time that she wants to spend. Sure. So. Yeah, so, no, that's, that's good. Yeah. So we sat down, we played some Fortnite, had some cereal <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, we killed that project. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of killing projects, let's move on to our future presentation, which is a killer movie oh i see what you did there nice all right yeah we're gonna talk about halloween nice segue 2018 right now um we're also going to talk about the original halloween some from 1978 so if you haven't seen these um we're going to try and be spoiler free on 2018 for a little while and we'll we'll warn you yeah i don't know how long (laughs) yeah but we're going to spoil definitely the original halloween here um so if Dude, you haven't seen 40 years yeah. right i'm like yeah i think the statute of limitations <laughs> is gone on that one um go see it if you if you absolutely feel like you can't have it spoiled um but i imagine if you're listening to this you've probably seen the original so 1978 uh john carpenter's halloween comes out budget of three hundred thousand dollars made 70 million worldwide it's a heck of a return yeah um I first saw this movie when I was probably, well, it's probably way too young, but I was maybe, maybe 10, maybe yeah. nine. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. When it released. When it released. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw it on, I saw it on basic cable, you know, when I was younger, but yeah. um, I watched this last Sunday with my wife and she had never seen it before. The the new one? No, the original. Oh, the original. So we, uh, we watched. Right, the new one wasn't out last Sunday. Yeah. So we're watching the original on Sunday, and my wife had never seen it. I hadn't seen it in 15, maybe 20 years. Uh, it's a heck of a lot scarier as a 10-year-old than it was as a yeah. 30-year-old. Yeah. Uh, it's and slow. It's, it's a boring movie. Oh, man, it's slow. Yeah. I, I mean, I it 
you know, you got to give it props for for what it it launched. It launched the entire slasher genre of films. It did, you know? yeah. Um, but man, other movies came out, and other movies did it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, just tons of these other classics. Nightmare that, Before Christmas. Nightmare? Did I say Nightmare Before Christmas? You did. I'm Nightmare like, on Elm Street. Nightmare wow. Before Christmas. I'm like, wait, that wasn't a Jack Skellington? Was <laughs> yeah, Jack Skellington and Freddy Krueger got together. And, yeah. But anyways, yeah, we watched we watched the original, and I forgot how. I just it's so boring. It really is boring, and he only he only kills like. Five people in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it's four or five. And they're not very interesting. They don't really make a whole lot of sense. I think at one point he kills, you know, one of the boyfriends or whatever, and stabs him, and he and he hangs him on the on the countertop or whatever, the the uh, the cupboard in the kitchen with the knife, which would mean the knife is like thirty you know thirty inches long, but it's it's not it's not a sword, you know, it's still sticking out of his body like a good six inches. Like how big is this knife that he just stabbed through this guy? But the the thing that I love about the original is just kind of the atmosphere is great. I still feel like I mean the the small town it's all in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The you don't connect at all with the Michael Myers shape character at all. You're not supposed to. Right. Um, and then the music, obviously, you know, I, I love John Carpenter's score for it. Oh, the score is yeah. iconic. It's yeah. iconic. You play that. You play that, dun, 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 yeah. dun, and you know, you know exactly. You, I mean, yeah. But as far as pacing and great ideas, it, they're not really there. It's it's a it's a boring movie, really. Well, and it's you know it's interesting because the music is such a key element in the feel, yeah. and I think. By today's standards, yeah, it's slow. The pacing is slow. The um, you're like it's a yawner. Yeah, for 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 a big percentage of yeah. what it is, but I think they they relied a lot more heavily on just the music to get you in that space. And I think sometimes it worked. I mean, I think the music in it is great, but at the same time, I think so much of the music comes in at weird times Hmm. where it almost spoils anything that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Like where you're supposed to be kind of creeped out or you're maybe not supposed to be seeing Michael in the background or whatever, but then the music kicks in you're like, Oh, well something is about to happen. It's like (laughs) no spoiler. But here's the thing with, with this is the original 78 Halloween. I remember watching it and thinking, man, if somebody made this now, it would be better. And I, because I think with, with a bigger budget and modern, technology and modern camera work and cinematography it could be a heck of a movie and that brings us to the heck of a movie that it is Mm. halloween 2018 Mm -hmm. it's great i loved this movie a lot Mm -hmm. and it's it's a great halloween movie and i think it's a it's probably the best halloween movie it's definitely better than the original but my my caveat with that my little asterisk is that this movie does not work without, without the original. Right, yeah. Um, it, you definitely have to have you had have that to experience have the original, of yeah. the original before you can go into this. Um, and if you haven't, you're going to be a little lost, but at the same time, you also just don't pick up on so much of the atmosphere and just the little nods that are in the 2018 that that point back to the original 78 release. Oh, and, and, and it was great. And I think the thing that makes this work so well is the tie together with... I mean, you want to talk about patience. 40 years it separates these two films. Yeah. But yet you could have played it two years after the original right. release, and right. it works so well. Well, that was really interesting. In, in a lot of ways, I thought it was going to be such a stark difference going from watching the original um, a week ago to then on Thursday we went and saw the new, the new one, and they actually work really well back-to-back. Um, nice. I, I was I was really surprised at how much um, of a feeling you still get, even with the total modernization in the new one. It well, still has just the yeah. same vibe, kind yep. of as the original. Small movie. town vibe. The characters. Yeah. You still have Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. You still have, which uh, I think she's actually really great in this. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, All right. So what 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 can we talk about first without spoilers? Um, 
I think this movie looks great. Yes. The cinematography yep. is really interesting, and mm-hmm. there's a heck of a lot of callbacks cinematography-wise to the original. There's actually, um, ah, this is a minor spoiler, but you know Michael is wreaking havoc. If you've seen the trailer, if you know anything about Halloween at all, so it's not that big of a spoiler, but there's a scene in the original where um, Dr. Loomis, who's the the doctor, Michael's doctor in the original yeah, 1978 one. Yeah. Yep. Um, and a nurse are driving to the psychiatric ward to meet with Michael and they pull up and it's all you can see is the headlights and then it's raining and there's fog and everything. And then the headlights reveal a bunch of patients just walking around outside. And it's oh, really yeah. creepy. Imagery. Yeah. Yeah. It's really creepy. Mm-hmm. So in this one though, in the 2018, there's a, a, another group, they're driving down the road and then they reveal with their headlights mm-hmm. a similar situation of yeah. patients walking around in yeah. the middle of the street. Yeah. And I thought it was a really nice callback. But at the same time, man, it just one one ups that visual style from the original. I think it looks great. I mean, that visuals wouldn't be there without the original, but at the same time, like this movie this movie really just takes the ideas from Halloween and is like, Okay, here's here's more time, here's more budget make it how it needs to be. And I think it really excels in that. Well, and it's so, <laughs> the actors might not appreciate this, but um, you don't need the makeup to put that 40 years on. No. Right. You got actual 40 years of wear and tear on the actors that were involved and having the same actors is, I mean, yeah. it, you, you're still in it. You're still in the story. The story's still engaging. I yeah. mean, the one, the one, this isn't a spoilery scene, but... Um, when Michael is walking down the this the the driveway down the side of one of the houses into kind of like this shed, the storage right. shed or yeah. the the garage area. Yeah, this was in a scene released online. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's looking for some his next tool or weapon or whatever, and and the, just the feel of that. I'm like, oh, that's. I identified with, oh yeah, that looks like my my buddy's house. Yeah, then, right. And he has a shed in the back, and it's kind of laid out the same way. And, and you know, and I think one of the things that make this so good is is that there are many elements in any film, for that matter, when there's elements that you can connect with that that emotionally resonate with you, or re- in reality you identify with a, yeah. a place. Yeah that you've experienced, that's going to make that film that much better. And you right. can't you can't plan that. That's not, you can't go, oh, hey, let me call up, let me call up Zach and say, hey, hey, bro, what, what, is, what is, uh you know, what are some of the experiences that you had growing up? But <laughs> right. they, but they pull on, you know, generalities, yep. but illustrate them in a way that, that you connect with. And that wasn't a big, that's not a, that's not a big. That's a transition scene, right? It's it's not a major scene at all, <laughs> at all. Yeah. But yet, I I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm drawn in my mind having this experience, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is really good. Well, there's so much of this that um, you know people use the term like lived in a lot when mm-hmm. they're, they're talking about set dec- decoration and and art direction and stuff. And this movie, it definitely feels lived in, which is very similar, I think, to the original in 78. Um, that's something that these two, I think, accomplished really well in the, in the feeling of this. None of this really felt like they were shooting it on a back lot. Right. Or that they were shooting it at a studio or at any point. Yeah. Um, it all felt like real houses. Like they actually went and found that shed and it just happened to actually look like that. Yeah. Um, and then there's a scene, it's in the same, same scene where he's walking through a house mm-hmm. and that house just, it feels real. Yeah. The whole thing absolutely. feels real. The layout of the house makes sense. It's not, it doesn't, it's not laid out like a movie house. Mm-mm. And that was something that I was actually surprised in when I was rewatching the original was like just the babysitters and the, the, the direction, the art direction and the, um, just all the set design in the original felt so realistic it felt like actual houses and it probably was i mean at the right. time I mean, they shot it for thirty thousand three hundred thousand dollars like they weren't building houses no. they didn't have the budget for that right this one they they may have they may have built you know certain houses i know they definitely built laurie strode's house that we'll talk about later but um yeah i mean it, 
the art direction in this is great. And especially it's definitely the best looking Michael Myers out of all of them. I mean, we should, For we sure. should mention that there was nine sequels or whatever between. Do we one have and this. to mention you know, those? I mean, I mean, cause some of them were pretty awful. No, I mean, they're all, they're all pretty terrible, <laughs> yeah. but the thing that this does is it, it wipes that slate clean it and does. it just says that there's only the it first does. one and then there's this one. It totally, and it does a fantastic job of that. And I appreciate you bringing up the art direction because that scene where Michael's walking through the kitchen, you, you know, you get a, a, a POV as the, you know, he's walking through the kitchen. I found myself looking at the pictures on the refrigerator. Yeah. I found myself looking at the, the coloring, like they had a kid that yep. had some coloring stuff from their their kindergarten yeah. class or whatever, and you couldn't really make out what it was. But like any five or six year olds drawing, you probably couldn't make right. out what it was. Yeah. So it really felt like, oh yeah, my my wife did that when my kids yeah. were in that, you know, and it was like, yeah. I think and, a lot of what you know this movie and the original movie helped, you know, did too, is they had really good casting for the most part. I'm going to talk about one person later, but. Um, the casting I think is really strong in both of these because none of them seem like they're really casting just for like a look, you know, they're not, it's not like they're in 2005 there, or it may have been a little later, but they remade, um, the wax museum movie and had, right. it had Paris Hilton in it. She's not in there for her acting experience. She's not good. So she's, she's in there just because she's Paris Hilton and just because she looks a certain way. The original Halloween, it felt it didn't feel like any of those actors and actresses were like overtly attractive just because it was supposed to be this like kind of heartthrobby Halloween movie, mm. horror movie or anything like that. And then also in this movie, it felt like like um, Judy Greer's in this and she plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Laurie Strode's daughter in this. And um, she is married to her. Her husband in the movie is. Um, this older actor, I don't, I don't have his name pulled up, but he, uh, again, this just goes along with what I'm talking about, about just your, your hiring actors, maybe for their, their acting skill, as opposed to their looks. And I feel like this movie does a lot of that and it gets a lot of really great casting with my point that I'm trying to make is that we're talking about our direction. We're talking about all this. And I think a lot of how I'm engrossed into a movie and how I just, you know, dedicated into this movie experience is by being able to relate to actors right, and being able to relate to the way they look and, and all this stuff. If, if the father was some 35 year old actor that they were trying to make seem like a 45 year old actor, or if it was George Clooney or something like that, it would immediately take me out of the experience. Right. Because these actors that were in this movie felt like normal real people. people. Yeah. Real people. And I thought the direction in that um, which is we didn't mention yet, but it's directed by David Gordon Green, who's mm-hmm. he's a comedic director most of the t- most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's done movies like Your Highness, and he he worked on Eastbound and Down with mm-hmm. um, Danny McBride, and he Danny McBride wrote this with David Gordon Green. It's just really interesting that these these guys that like they're usually comedic writers and directors took on this Halloween franchise and it's clear that they loved it. It's clear that they grew up watching them. It's clear that they had a respect for the original mm-hmm. and it definitely comes out in the way that the story is told in the way that this is, this story is written. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, you have the gratuitous boyfriend pops out from behind the, whatever, when the girl, the boy, when the babysitter takes out the trash you have these yeah there's a couple know, of jump, jump scare moment. moments yeah. yeah that are there just because it's that's you know that's the history of the yeah, genre yeah it is yeah. it is and i and i and it didn't bother me you know sometimes it's like sometimes oh, okay. i roll my yeah, eyes yeah. yes so, there's there's never one of those here where i'm like oh come on right and i think a lot of it has to do with um, I mean, the sound design with it, you know, it goes along in a very typical way that the most jump scares do. But at the same time, I didn't feel like the sound design for the jump scares was like overly done Mm-mm. where it was like forcing a jump scare. Like it was really trying for a jump scare out of you. Mm-hmm. So I thought the sound design in it is great. This is actually a movie where the sound, the sound plays more of a part in a lot of ways than, than anything else. Talk about the sound. Talk about the sound of the mechanic's teeth 
oh, hitting the tile. Yeah. So this is in he, the trailer too. So not a spoiler. Yeah. But. I mean, yeah. You see this in if you. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Just to, dude, that I'm like. Oh. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> there was there was people like behind me that went, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was a good one, but that's yeah. such a great visual gag. It was. It was definitely an element of gore without being too gory. Yeah, and it's funny because there's not really much in the original at all. Not really much gore gore in the original. Um, in fact, I don't think there's any like actual cuts scene or anything i mean the when when michael kills his sister in the very beginning of the film when he's like six there's just like blood smeared on her like you can you don't actually right. see any knife insertion or anything like that and yeah um this movie though i was actually kind of surprised um that it did go a little bit more it definitely modernized it mm-hmm. there's a there's a couple of scenes in there where i was like oh man like, yeah i mean they went i was you know you you've You've seen 40 years of horror movies yeah, and some more gory than others. But after 40 years, and it was like when I saw The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. What, why, why do I bring that up? Well, because it was he's doing some unique things that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like he's running around thwarting bad guys in a hardware store, right. <laughs> essentially using different... Hardware, hardware tools, tools yeah. that we've never seen used in that way before. Yeah. And I think in the same way, we see Michael Myers. Now, I use the term creative, you know, loosely. Yeah, right. But I'm going to start, we're going to start to get into some spoilery stuff here if I continue down this road. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause and we'll I'm come back pause. to a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, what else can we talk about? Um, I, you know, the cinematography is great. The sound design is great. The direction is great. I think the overall story is really strong. Um, the only thing that I had issues with would be the the there's there's this dance party, like the school dance. Oh, yeah. The boyfriend aspect with that seemed really forced and kind of random. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment there. And then um, the Judy Greer acting in this movie i i found kind of flat everybody else i thought was actually really great in it but there is one scene um where judy greer is like kind of giving this little flashback moment to her childhood Mm -hmm. and it's just the flattest yeah acting i think i've seen in a long time especially from somebody disconnected yeah especially for somebody who's usually really strong in what she's in Unless her approach was, I want to kind of communicate this disconnect because she was trying to disconnect emotionally from this. From the history. Yeah. Yeah, right. It just, I could see that's maybe where they were going with it. But it didn't land well. We're we're purposefully being a little vague here because there is a little bit of a spoiler in in that. But it just didn't, it didn't feel fleshed out enough to get the payoff of the direction that maybe they were trying to go with in that scene for her to act that way. Other than that though, her, her husband in this is great. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the granddaughter, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter isn't not, not the literal granddaughter, but her character's granddaughter is in this and she's great. Um, she does a couple of, hor- of hol- Halloween horror tropes. I think everybody in this is great though. It, one thing that I did not realize until going home and looking at it was that Nick Castle, who played the original Michael Myers in 78, plays him again in this. Really? Yeah. Wow. So all of the shots that you see of Michael without his mask on, which is just in the very beginning with like this, the psych ward stuff. And you, by the way, sorry, not a spoiler. You don't see him without his mask on. It's very abstract. Not his face. Yeah, anyway. you don't see his face. Yeah. You, you see, you know, his body and everything. But that is actually Nick Castle. Funny thing about Nick Castle is that he went on to actually be a pretty significant and popular writer and director who did The Last Starfighter. He directed mm. that Major Pain and Dennis the Menace. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this guy that plays one of the most iconic horror films, horror film characters ever, went on to make and direct Dennis the Menace, The Last Starfighter, <laughs> and Major Pain. Like, <laughs> wow. You couldn't be more polar opposite. Though. Right, yeah. I mean, I think, okay, so for the non-spoilery thing, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is the 
the babysitter discovering Michael in the closet scene to me felt like it dragged on, like it was it, the pacing of it was off. And and I think you identified it pretty pretty awesomely where it, it gets spoiled yeah, by the trailer. This is something that again, you know, I know you have to show, I know you have to show things in the trailer, get people to the movie. But this is a scene that I feel like if I didn't know the payoff of it, that Michael was already in the closet, and that's why she can't shut the door, which mm-hmm. is spoiled in the very first trailer. Yep. I that that scene would have been so much more effective. Yeah, I agree. I agree because I couldn't figure out why I felt like it took too long. Yeah, it, I'm like, I'm like, come on, get there, and and I'm sitting there feeling like that because I know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. And, and the whole yeah. time I'm waiting for it, and then I'm like, is it here? Oh no, it's not here. So then you're just waiting because you know, waiting. you know, it's like I don't want to get emotionally tied to any kind of character development throughout this scene because they're going to be gone. He's going to kill them in two minutes, and right. or or yeah. four minutes, or eight minutes, or yeah. whatever you know. And yes, yeah, so. I, I do. <laughs> I do really like the acting in that scene, though. I think the the babysitter and then the kid that she's babysitting are, are great and hilarious. That yeah. whole scene. Yep. That totally believable. Awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's something that I think for us, because we've seen the trailer, it it seems like it drags on too long. But gosh, if you hadn't seen the trailer, I think it that would have been such a more effective, yeah. effective moment. Yeah. So, okay. Well, go see Halloween. You're probably going to go see it. It's tis the season yeah. to go see horror movies. This is definitely the one to go see. It's technically great. The acting is great. Mm-hmm. It, it looks awesome. Um, I thought it was shot on film. Turned out it was actually shot on the Alexa. So it looks, it looks killer. No pun intended. And <laughs> you're full of those. There's, today. there's a really there's good, there's a really good one take in there. Um, that's not overly technical, but it's just, you just appreciate it when you see it. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil that, but go see it. That's Halloween 2018, a little bit of Halloween 78. Um, and it got people's choice nom at the Toronto film festival. How about that? I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. So film festivals, um, since we're getting ready to go into spoilers, if you're still listening, um, next week we're going to talk about film festivals, um, small, big, you know, all In, of them from the inside and from the outside. Yep. So, yeah. uh, we've both been, uh, both worked at a couple. So we're going to talk about that next week. So make sure you come back and check that out. And, uh, we're going to get into the spoilers for Halloween 2018. So go see Halloween and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. So spoilers for Halloween 2018. I love the ending where they completely flip Michael being the hunter to now, the Strodes are the hunters. Yeah, in the house. Yeah. So the house is great. Mm-hmm. When they first introduce them, like this is a little gimmicky. It feels a little strange that she would be this over the top. Um, Dude, the house look like the the front of the house when you first see it looks like the house from Stranger Things. It does. It does. Yeah. I it was looks, like, yeah. It looks like Winona Ryder's house. Uh huh. Yeah. It does. That's true. Um, but this the 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 writing in this is so it was so good yeah it was because yeah. it took it went from you know Michael Myers is the hunter and he's he's going after um, you know Laurie Strode and her family which if I can go on a on a on a little detour here and talk about that real quick the writing in this is is really clever because you would think like. In a movie like this, it's so easy to just say that things are circums like they're just ah, it's just convenient for the writing mm. for for this guy to end up at this place. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking back to it, and like Michael Myers never ends up at a location where Laurie's at just by accident. Or well, I'm sorry, no, he does end up there by accident. He never ends up there just because he somehow finds her through the magic of the universe. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So the big twist in this movie is that the doctor that's supposed to be like the ne- the new Loomis, which they literally say in the movie, is actually the bad guy. Yeah. And I thought this was a great twist. Yeah. And this also, as a writing way, is a perfect way to get Jason, Jason, wow, Michael Myers to Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't, and all of a sudden he just ends up at her house, like you'd be like, "How did this? How did this happen?" But then that wasn't it. I realized that even if you didn't have that doctor moment, he still could have gotten to Lori's house because he yeah, stole he chased, the podcast yeah, and car cha- and chased the granddaughter. And he chased the granddaughter, right? Because that's where she's going. Yeah. 
so I mean, I thought it was just really clever yeah. writing in this. Um, it was in in a lot of ways because nothing ever happens like just for convenience sake of the story. It's always thought out before the event happens. So the doctor goes crazy. Then he wants to see what happens when Michael and Lori get together finally, and like that's his weird. Well, yeah, he wants to hear Michael say something. Yeah, right. Like, dude, how are you not saying anything in 40 years? Yeah. There's a really good scene with one of the daughter's friends that I like. Like, he kind of tries to make a move on her, so then they split up. And he's, like, drunk sitting in the yard of this person's house they're trying to cut through. And the security lights go off. And you see Michael in the distance and the kid thinks that he's just the, the owner of the house. And he's like, sorry, Mr. Whatever and blah, blah, blah. But then the security lights go off again and then they come back on and then Michael's closer and then mm-hmm. like they come back on again and Michael like comes for the kid. I, I loved that. I thought that was a great scene and just showing like kind of this, this weird intelligence with Michael, like in, in the sense of like, he knows when to do stuff and when not to do stuff. Um, we mentioned earlier that there's a single take in, in this and what it is, is basically from when he enters this house, kills a lady with a hammer and then he gets his knife. It's where he gets his butcher's knife that he's so famous for. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, it's a single take that goes just out into the neighborhood and just hangs there for a little while as this couple, they're getting ready to go to a Halloween party. They get in their car and they drive off and then it follows Michael into this window and it just shows the window and a lady's getting ready to lock up for the night. Cause she's just tired of the, of the trick or treaters. So she's, she's closing her window. And then you just see Michael through the other window walks around into the house. You can see this big shadow from like there, her clearly her patio light is on or whatever. And he's just this mm-hmm. big shape shadow, which is yep. just such good imagery. Yeah. And then she's looking out the window. She's getting ready to close the blinds, and he just stabs her through the neck. Oh, and I my was like, goodness. Oh, that man. was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was one of the most gory scenes. Not a lot of blood no. in that scene. There's not a lot of blood in the but, movie, but, really. But, <laughs> but yeah, just, everybody in the theater just goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it's, was... It's one oh. of those It's one of those things where I think, I think slasher movies, they, they can sometimes go a little... A little, um, car- you know, caricature, caricature of of killing. You know, yeah. like you know, like somebody gets stabbed with a wrought iron, but it looks, it just looks so fake. You know, mm-hmm. um, the thing that got me with this movie, um, that that I think is more effective to me is like when the killings almost look more realistic. Like that's how it could actually look in real life, and then that really kind of gets to you, and that digs under your skin a lot more. There's a few of those in this where you just like you just you just kind of shudder because you're just oh gosh. It's one of those equalizer. Oh wow! Like you just yeah. did that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it like the shock, which you know it's hard to shock the audience in 40 years. I know. Yeah. And it is. they they shock the audience with, dude, the scene where he basically hijacks the cop car after the whole doctor kind of goes nuts or whatever. Right. And then, you know, the other, the other cops show up and they're trying to figure out what went down. Yeah. Um, I mean, he basically crushes the doctor's head with his boot. Yeah. One, like, one like, hit. I mean, and, and you don't, you don't really get a sense of, of how strong or powerful Michael really is until he starts kicking in the, the stuff the, like that. Yeah. Like he's kicking in the cage from behind. When yeah, he, in, when yeah, he, he's when in the, he's in this cop SUV and he kicks in the cage and and just totally knocks out the the doctor that's driving the car. Yeah, I mean this is this is supposed to keep anybody out from getting into the front of the cop car whenever mm-hmm. you're arrested, mm-hmm. and he just kicks it in immediately. Yeah, like like it was nothing. And then yeah. and the one that really got me here's the one that got me was that when he when he rolls up. Like he obviously rolls up the cop car into a Lor- tree or Lori whatever. Yeah, right. And the dad comes out thinking, hey, the cops are here. It's, yeah. it's good. And, he, and, and you sit in the audience, you're shaking your head. No, no yeah. don't do it. There was don't somebody, there was yeah, somebody yeah, three yeah. rows down that was like, no, don't, bro, don't, no. don't go out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he yeah. goes up and opens the door. Yeah. 
Dude, and the guy's skull is like a, a, a jack-o'-lantern. He's yeah. got it lit from the inside, and yeah, it was like hollowed out, yeah. and it was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It was so... It was just on a whole... I mean, there's a psychological... And that's the thing about this one, is, this, is that there's a psychological element to it. Oh, for sure. That, that really, like you mentioned earlier about the doctor being the bad guy, you know, and that whole spin. And you yeah. can see the doctor's eagerness to kind of like what, like his pursuit in studying this guy, like trying to understand him gets to a, a very twisted and demented place yeah. when, he, when he goes, what does that feel like? Like you hear, you know, he's talking to himself and it's like, yeah, he's like, oh, what so that's it? what it's like to, to yeah. kill a person or whatever. Right. right. When he, when he kills the, uh, yeah, the sheriff, the sheriff and, and, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't see. I mean, you could feel some of the tension between him and the sheriff mm-hmm. as far as like, hey, we're not. Gonna, hey, he's a property of the state. We're right. not going to kill him. Right. And the sheriff's like, I ain't making that mistake again. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, there was it, a lot of there's a lot of and it's in the original, too, where it's like this is a movie about just what evil oh, can be. Uh huh. And it just it just shows you. I mean, the the scene I was talking about earlier, where um, you know there's there's a bunch of inmates um, walking around the street, and it's very reminiscent of the original. Um, you know, Michael kills a kid and his dad to get their car. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Like, I was like, ah, oh, he's you know, because they. I mean, at least what I remember, he's never gone that far to like being kill, killing kill, killing kids, and just, just strangles the kid in the car and breaks his neck, and then. That's it. Takes the car and drives off. And like later on, you see the dad and he's all jacked up too. Oh yeah. And then there's a later, there's a scene later on in the, in the one take where you hear a baby crying. Right. This was, I'm and like, this is no. after that. So I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like, really? Is he going to do it? Yeah. Oh wow. But it's so interesting as like a character study where I'm, I'm sitting here and you're just like, why you, you do, you do in a little bit of a way you do sympathize with the doctor in the sense of just asking the question, why is Michael like this? You you want sure. answers. You don't like the unknown, right? And that's what a whole the whole series, the first one and this one, the question that is just you know the whole thing is just being afraid of the unknown, right? The, the boogeyman, whole, yeah, the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that they go through this one take and he, he's you know he's just he just killed the grandma or the mom or whoever it was in the kitchen, and then he gets his knife, and then you hear the baby crying. And he just walks past the crib and keeps going. Yeah, and the baby's crying. And the baby's crying. And it's crying. like one of the things that any parent that has a kid knows that's been through that stage that... It's hard, you, it's stressful, it's, yeah. It is, and you're like, just shut up. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like, I've tried, I've fed you, I've changed your diet, I've done all it, and you're... St- what is it? And You could have just as easily you know, oh, killed yeah, the kid and yeah. walked out. And it would have been a one... It, it, like, he probably wouldn't even have used the knife. It would have been a one punch, yeah, done, right. and you're done. And um, But I think that that makes it so much more effective to have him not kill the baby, because uh-huh. then you're like, what What are you doing? Right. Like, why what are you, was why that? are you doing anything? Mm-hmm. Because if you're drawing the line at that, or are you drawing the line? You're just, you're just was what there, are you yeah. doing? You know, is yeah. it just because you're, you're hunting prey? No, it's not really that, because you're just walking into random houses and, and putting people out of their misery. And mm-hmm. man, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but the writing in this is, is just really clever. It's really interesting, and it, it's, it kept me engaged through the entire movie. And then the, the twist at the end with, you know, um, there's a, there's a ton of homages in in the mm-hmm. Laurie Strode house at the end where oh, yeah. you know, she's looking for him in the house. He's in the house somewhere, and um, the daughter and the granddaughter are in the basement, um, locked away in this like kind of like panic room thing. And Laurie Jamie Lee Curtis is walking through the house, and she comes up to the the closet, the you know the bifold door closet that's very uh-huh. throwback to the 1978 original. Yeah, and you think oh. Well, he's he's going to be in there, right? And she opens it up, nothing. But then they do it again. Mm-hmm. Like two minutes later, she's in another closet, opens it up, the the husband's in there. Like, oh, well, there it was. But then they're like, one more. We're gonna we're gonna do one more. So then she opens up the rest of the closet. Yeah, he's not in there. And then he comes from behind with all these mannequins and stuff right. that are in the room, and it's it's great. Yeah. But that leads her to she runs out the window 
flips over the edge of the balcony and lands on the ground exactly like the last shot in Halloween 78. Mm -hmm. Michael hears Laurie Strode's daughter yell for Laurie. He looks up, looks back at the house, and then when he looks back down at the ground off the balcony, she's gone, and just like the original. Awesome, yeah. And then that's the moment where I realized, oh, we're doing something here. Yeah. We're not just paying homages. We're actually flipping this idea of what the Halloween movie Mm -hmm. is to get back at Michael. She's finally going to get that, oh, that yeah. revenge for that oh, night. Oh, yeah. She's getting it all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the the throwbacks, the callbacks, but then also just the originality of those callbacks. They didn't feel forced at all. Um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thought it was great. I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. It was well It was well done yeah. from start to finish. And, I mean... You you start off with the podcasters, you know, the investigative journalists, <laughs> right. yeah, um, sitting down with Lori, and you know, and and you know, he the guy that's interviewing her is kind of snarky and is like, yeah, so you know, I'm pulling up all these emotional heartstrings that in this whole situation, and he's like, I don't know if I I don't I believe Mike Myers, and I you know that he's a person and he's got issues. I don't know if I believe in the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, and the, and then and she was like, you should. Right. Which, you know, and, and the, yeah. it's that, and it's that, like you said, it's the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. It's the psychological elements where you're not going to have an answer. And, and evil doesn't have to have a reason. Right. <laughs> I think, I think this is a, a very effective slasher movie, even, even just a movie in general about like, the human, the human condition or, you know, just kind of the, the psyche because in a lot of slasher movies, you know, you take like uh, Friday the 13th, Jason is killing because, you know, like there's this whole backstory of like his mom was killing because he got, he drowned in the water in Camp Crystal Lake. And then now he's killing because they killed the mom. And then it kind of gets away from that. It ends up just being more about the kills in the movie and less about, the actual characters yeah. and the development of the characters. Like how can we, how can we scare people? Yeah. Like how can we make people jump? Jump scares you know, and how we ju- gross yeah. people out and yeah. all this. But yeah. I feel like Halloween, man, this was, this was such a great just film because it, it focused more on what scares, what actually scares people. And going back to that, we don't, you know, the unknown, we don't know why he's doing this. Huge. It makes us uncomfortable. Yep. And I was just uncomfortable throughout most of the movie. And I thought it was great. It was a really great, smart, um, well-acted, well-directed, well-everything movie. I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah. was not let down at all. Um, anything else you want to talk about, though, with it? No, yeah, I mean... Just the emotion that I mean that's captured. You you feel like Jimmy Lee Curtis just knocks it out of the park. I yeah. mean, you feel like like she's like I'm gonna, you know, just that rage and and that vengeance of you're not gonna get me, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do everything in my power to the point even to the scene when um, she walks into the 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 celebration dinner you know, oh, right. with the granddaughter yeah. and, you know, and she's having this breakdown because, you know, oh, here we are again. Yeah. Halloween you know, night and you know, she's reminiscing, just, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just well done. Just you, mm-hmm. you mean, you're like, oh, and then you're sympathizing with her because you're like, no, 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 you're not going through that kind of traumatic experience and not, you know, and not have some response. And then, you know, the family's like, oh, you just need to get over it. Right. You Which I, I really liked as a dynamic. It because was great. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a mirror into our current world where yeah. nobody, you know, nobody really cares or believes in a lot of people that do go through these traumatic experiences that they haven't gone through themselves. A lot of them just think, oh, you just, you just need time. You'll just get over it. Right. Where, I mean, these, these moments in real life, they screw people up. They do. And and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. bad stuff happens to good people all the time. Yep. And it just, it they, they don't know how to cope with it well. And I thought this was a really realistic look at how people treat, 100%. you know, people that do 100%. have PTSD and stuff yep. like that. And I thought it was great, a great addition to just building that character of Laurie Strode. Yeah. Great character yeah. development because of that. And, and sadly, um, kind of a slap in the face with 
the the lack of sensitivity or the lack of how culture kind of comes alongside people right. to yeah. really like hey let's let's and 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 what more close people that would do that would be your family but mm-hmm. yet the breakdown and does this move you know does that type of thing and that character development i think work in another culture does it work in another country yeah people love going to see movies and it's going to do well because of that but i think this is uniquely an american culture film yeah it definitely feels middle america i mean it, yeah. it is it takes place in indiana or iowa yeah or indiana and, yeah and or illinois illinois in illinois yep yep so one it, of those i states yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but man i just yeah this is this is exciting to me because this is two weeks in a row that I've seen great movies and, um, your palate is completely cleansed from that other. Yeah. And from what I hear, it's, (laughs) it's beating venom, which it should be in his third week. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see more of this and I don't know if they will, but, uh, did you, did you stay past the credits? No. Yeah. Was there an Easter egg at the sort end? Sort of. Oh, man. Because you don't see, here's no, another spoiler, you don't see Michael actually burn up Yeah, when they torch yeah, the house. Yeah, you don't. But you do hear, after the credits, you hear him breathing in the mask. Oh, man. It's just the audio. Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding which me? Is, it, which is another throwback again to the original. Right. Where they're getting ready to go, they're getting ready to go to the credits, and you hear him breathing, and then yeah, they, they go to the well, because of course great. you want to tee up, yep. tee up a sequel if it does well. I mean, I think this movie's going to do well. I honestly, I don't know if uh, hopefully. Oh, and again, this is another Universal movie. So First Man was Universal. Also, I now have a company that I'm kind of trusting a little bit. And yeah, I don't know yeah. if I should, you know, more yeah. than more than I am, but. Um, I just thought two great movies back to back. Um, they're both probably not going to make as much as they should, but Halloween will definitely do better than first man did. And, um, Oh, I do want to mention this. Speaking of Halloween is, is that this, this release. So part of movie making is when do you release it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause you spend all this time making this great product and when, when is the right time to release it into the right, market? Because there's a, there's a, emotional and a psychological subconscious thing that goes when you release a movie too. You don't, you don't typically want to release a horror movie in like say March because people aren't really vibing. It's that. the spring. It's, yeah, it's, it's Halloween. new life. Yeah. It's, so Halloween you know. is Halloween and that October release line. And you were actually talking about it being the perfect release of not too early, not too late. Exactly. It hit right in the sweet spot because I've over the years and everybody's seen it. This is that, Oh, we're going to re- release a Halloween movie at the end of August or the beginning of September. Right. You know, when school's back in and la, 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 la. It's like, that's nah, too early. Yeah. It's too yeah. early. People haven't got in their fall routines yet. They're, right. you know, they're trying to figure out their classes and all that type of stuff. Or it releases November 2nd. Which is like, who cares? Like, dude, that was two days ago. Like, well, I want to start mm, seeing Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> right, movies right, right, now. Yeah. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, this this was a good this is a good release. I think I think it'll have a good word of mouth and it'll just pick up over the next couple of weeks, especially with Halloween coming up uh, in in two weeks. So, um, yeah, um, out of spoilers now. So Halloween's great. Go check it out and man, just really enjoy it. I, I think it's it's a really enjoyable experience. It's a lot of fun. It's really good filmmaking. That's it for this week. Next week though, we're going to talk about the film festival experience, insides and out. Uh, we've both worked a couple of film festivals. Um, Eric, you've worked Southwest Southwest for five years, mm-hmm. and uh, I did Florida Film Festival. But we're going to kind of talk about there's not any major releases coming out next week or this week um, since Halloween. So we're going to we're gonna just kind of talk on something different here, our experiences with that and kind of just the, I don't know, um, what everybody kind of expects the film festival to be like, and maybe you're not familiar with, or maybe you want to try to get into one or you want to go attend one. Um, there's a couple going on here in Arizona, uh, the next couple months. So we're going to hit on that next week. And, um, you got anything else, Eric? No. Yeah. I think it'll be fun talking about, you know, unpacking the mystery of what, you know, a film festival is and maybe what it isn't, um, for people that aren't yeah. familiar with it and just, kind of shed some light there and inspire people to to go see some cool films. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited. There's a couple of foreign films at the Scottsdale Film Festival in November that I, I, I looked into and they looked really interesting. So I think I'm going to go check them out. So 
All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Eric, where can they find us online? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Easy Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at The Easy Podcast Show. And I'm on Instagram at Zach Abbotts. And I'm on Instagram at Eric Thurston. So we'll put those in the show notes, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right. See you then.